Womenology podcast, Sarah. Hey. Yeah, this, uh, I'm probably going to insert the, uh, uh, upload the clip of Hello Darkness, my old friend. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> we're we're uh, in it. We're right in it. We certainly are. Last week was a, a brutal, brutal week. Yeah, it really was. Yeah, it really was. And... I was talking to you before the the show. I watched the first installment of the Comey Rule on mm-hmm. Showtime last night, and it's obviously it tells the story of how James Comey opened the investigation in, into Hillary Clinton, Clinton's emails uh, just just weeks <laughs> before the election, <laughs> yep. Yep. all because of fucking Anthony Weiner. And because of how the that laptop was found and they had to go through it and it was his wife's and there was all these emails and it turned out they were duplicates, right? Yeah. Duplicates from just... I'm, I'm so tired of that fucking guy. Yeah. Um, fuck that guy. And so I'm watching this show and Jeff Daniels plays James Comey. And Jeff, you really can't go wrong with Jeff Daniels. Okay. I, I loved him in the newsroom. There's just something so stately about him that I really, uh, that I really enjoy. Yeah. And he was just recently on Broadway, uh, Broadway playing Atticus Finch. So he plays those roles yeah. very well. Mm-hmm. So at one point, there's this scene between the guy who's Lee, he heads up the investigation of Clinton's emails. And he's leaving and he's talking to his replacement and giving him some tips. Okay. And he says... Right as he's about to leave, <laughs> you've got to be, you've got to watch Jim. He doesn't have the best instincts when it comes to politics. <laughs> well, that turned out to be pretty good advice. That was, yes, it was. And I think they do a pretty good job of, of framing Comey as, at, not as a hero. Right. I, I they, would not frame him that way. No, I would not. No, I would not. Uh, He is portrayed. I mean, Daniels does such a great job with him because Comey really is. There's nothing on. Everything goes on inside and he doesn't give. He's inscrutable. He's a complicated man. He's a complicated man. You cannot read him. And I think Jeff Daniels really nailed that. And what we saw was this man who was so blinded by his own righteousness. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the just, best way to describe it. Best way to I've describe it. <laughs> blinded by his own righteousness. And mm. even though everybody, everybody was saying, don't do this. Uh-huh. Don't do this. Right. Do you understand what's going to happen if you do this? And he insisted because he felt he so loves the law and loves the country and he felt like if we if we don't if we don't do this if we don't announce this it will put us it will make us look it'll ruin our credibility oh, going forward what would that be like uh, well jesus <laughs> i mean at this point now it, it, like even at this point now dude the FBI's credibility is pretty shot. I mean, I would say virtually every government agency under this administration has lost credibility. Right. Just and about. there's even so the guy who headed up the F who was was it? I don't know what he was doing. He was one of Comey's right hand man, Strozik. Uh, he was the one who was sending texts and you know talked and badmouthed Trump, and so Trump fired him. I remember those. Yeah. Yeah. It was like sexy texts, but also like we hate right. Trump, right? Because he was banging somebody on right. the team and right. cheating on his wife. And I was sort of not surprised that they just sort of glossed over the whole affair part of it. <laughs> that's not, not important, not important. Look the other way. Look really? over there, over there, over there. Oh, that's yeah. A fascinating choice because that's what everyone remembers. You know, it's very clear, you know, they show him and he's played by an actor, Stephen Pasquale, who uh-huh. I, uh, I I kind of have a, a love hate thing for him. He plays a douchebag really, really well. 
and he was on the Good Wife as uh, he he handled. He was ahead of uh, the operate, you know, doing uh, special. What's that called? Opposition research when she was running for uh, as I a candidate. I've seen this guy in anything. Um, He's been in so much, and you'd recognize him. Did you watch? Well, I'm, I'm looking at him on Google Images right now, and I yeah. I mean, I don't he know. He played he Mark Furman. Yeah, he played Mark Furman in American Crime Story, OJ. Okay. Okay. So they show him wearing his wedding ring, and he and Lisa Page are in hotel rooms, and, you know, they're in states of undress, and they're kissing, and blah, blah, blah. And I'm thinking, so nobody's going to mention this, huh? (laughs) We're just not going to talk about that, right? (laughs) Which I think had it been the reverse... Had it been the woman in the senior position. Oh, it would have been front and center. Absolutely. Yeah. No question. Yeah. Even on Twitter afterwards, I looked, I looked them both up and who do you think, (laughs) who do you think got more criticism about the affair? I mean, probably the woman who couldn't control her emotions or her libido. Right, exactly. And you know, it, with him, very few people brought it up. Okay. Yeah. Well, okay. Even yeah. all these holy roller. Yeah. Even all the holy roller family values people. Yeah. So I think it's really good. They end it with Trump opening the curtain the night he gives his speech, his acceptance speech. That sounds uh, also chilling as all hell. Yep, also known as uh, Black, was it Black Wednesday? Black Tuesday? That's all I remember. That's all I remember is just being so, I was in a cab home, I remember. It was funereal. (laughs) Yeah, it really was. Uh Once the the reality set in that he was going to win, I remember being in the back of a cab. I was coming home from a date, being in the back of the cab, and thinking to myself, what the hell happened? That's all I remember. And did and you I, think James Comey happened? <laughs> no, because I didn't put two and two together. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I was as politically aware or involved then yeah. as you know I am what I was now. Thinking, actually, I, in just internally, I was thinking that if this were a different year, we'd be talking about the fuckability of James Comey right now. Yay or nay. <laughs> like that would be... That would be the political discussion, but we we don't have the luxury of those conversations anymore. Right. Yeah. Uh, And for the record, yay. And for the record, yay. Very yay. (laughs) Very yay. Yeah. He's a he's a tall drink of water. I like that. Uh, (laughs) The man's got principles. (laughs) And and that's and you that's just it. You can you you want to punch him in the face, but at the same time, (laughs) you understand why he did what he did yep but then on the other (laughs) i have three (laughs) hands here (laughs) but on the other hand i want to slap him across the face and and just say you did this you did this i mean i don't i don't want to say that he's like single-handedly responsible for handing Mm -hmm. trump election right um but he but i don't want to i don't want to say he had a hand in it but Uh, he had a a hand in it but like he had a he had some fingers in it now we're getting weird pinky toes in there okay so if you're not watching it go on to showtime and try to get the free they give you a free 48 hours and i got the free 48 hours so that i could watch watch this it's it's really good good it's really good. And the second part is Monday night, but I'm sure it'll be running. It'll be on demand for a while. Okay. Since we're in sort of the, that po- political zone, RBG, you know, that, that TikTok that I posted of the, of the woman saying, all you had to do was, was stay alive until two, 2021. Yep. Yeah, we got we got pretty close. Yeah, we almost made it. We almost made it. And you know what? Uh, you know as well as I do, she was probably holding on as best she could. Oh yeah. I, I mean, I I yeah. I mean, it's obvious that she knew <laughs> mm-hmm. what was going to happen. 
if she mm-hmm. if she died and well i mean obviously she knew she was gonna die but right. if she died before 2021 it's, it's obvious i mean mm. one of her very last sentences was something to the effect of like my most fervent wish is that i not be replaced until after the election to to paraphrase mm-hmm. something like that right so uh same same yeah. here <laughs> Yes. One of my most fervent wishes as well. Yes. So you found a really good story. I did. Yeah, it was actually um, in the form of a blog post, but I'm mm-hmm. I'm sure that this story exists elsewhere um, because mm-hmm. it's kind of become part of the lore now mm-hmm. and like the legend of RBG. Mm-hmm. Um, but I saw it on the Scary Mommy blog, and I why was I reading Scary Mommy? I don't know. <laughs> one of my one of my Facebook friends actually posted it, and the headline got me. That's that's how I ended up there. But um, the headline was um, let me let me pull it up. The headline was that time RBG told her children's school to call their dad. <laughs> uh, so that got me. So I opened it up. I read it, and basically, it's an account of. Um, RBG <laughs> getting called at work a lot about her children's behavior at school, specifically her son. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and finally she was, you know, she got tired of fielding these calls and said, basically, Hey, they have another parent. It's their dad. Call him. He's home all day. Call him. <laughs> um, right. And I, I love that story. Can we all agree to do that from now on? Yeah, why are you always calling the mother? Because the the thing that um, that resulted from this is that ultimately less less calls went through because right when, right according to to Ruth when the school had to decide whether it was call home worthy and they thought that they were interrupting a man's day mm-hmm. they put that phone down <laughs> they made right yes calls. they did yes they did it just you know. I, as someone who grew up was raised by essentially by a single father, you know, the, that was all I knew. There was none of that, call, you know, call her mother. It was always, oh, well, there was, good, yeah, that's a good point. You know, um, it, it was, and, and not to mention <laughs> my dad sort of headed up the school system. So right. I was going to say, <laughs> do you feel like you got away with, with more stuff because no one wanted to call your dad? <laughs> Well, I was a pretty good kid. Okay. So, and and even then, very mindful of my father's position, even as you yeah. know a kid. But because my mother had died, that definitely affected everybody. Knew, and so everyone was like, "Oh, oh poor kid." And even as a kid, I I just didn't like that. Yeah. I didn't like it. Uh, I wouldn't say I got away with anything. I I had great grades. I mean, I was a straight A student. I don't know where that fucking went wrong, but. So there was really nothing to complain about. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, even if if when I got sick, when I got sick, they would not they wouldn't call my father. They they'd call home and yeah, speak to my aunt. Oh, okay. Okay. Because my mother's sister sort of during the day lived, you know, took care of us. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense, but they wouldn't call my father. Hmm. Yeah. Didn't want to bother. Yeah. Him. Didn't want to bother him exactly. So the whole thing is, what was it like with you guys? Um, like when I was a kid? Mm-hmm. Um, well, I also um, didn't have a mom. So, yeah, they called they called my dad. Yeah. Um, they didn't have many reasons to call my dad. Um, right. But called a couple times. <laughs> uh, oh. In addition to standard, like, hey, your daughter's puking, come get her kind of phone mm-hmm. calls there are, there are a couple more calls made over the course of my right. lifetime uh mm-hmm. and yeah they all went to my dad because that was that was my uh, as far as they knew my sole parent so right yeah but i, I mean similarly, i feel like i i can't really speak on the issue of whether they made fewer calls because again they didn't really have that many reasons to call and mm-hmm. i mean really the the only reasons that they used to call were pretty dumb anyway <laughs> yeah i just it just 
Ruth Bader Ginsburg, even back then when her kids were young, she was still a lawyer. Yep. She was still working in a, in a very, uh, you know, status, you know, high status position. And they Wait. still called her. And weren't they both they lawyers? didn't know that she was a lawyer, maybe. Maybe, because maybe. Because women really, I mean, they really weren't. So, I, mm. you know, I don't know. And she also doesn't really seem like the type of person to be like, I'm a lawyer, you know. I mean, I went to an Ivy. You don't think she'd be on Facebook? <laughs> Humble bragging. Humble bragging. Like a school in Ithaca. <laughs> Wait, now that I brought that up, can I can I take a little, can I sidetrack for a second? Sure. So I sent you something the other day from a woman on my Facebook page. I believe I know the thing. Exactly where I'm going here. Yes. And she recently got married uh, within the oh, last Oh, did she? Month. I hadn't noticed. I, didn't, I, had, I had no idea. And her husband created some sort of shelving area for all of her favorite teas. And Very so she, normal. So she posted a picture of it on her page and she said, I, you know, I'm so, I'm so lucky to have, to have this husband of, this husband of mine. First, he has a name. Refer to him by his name. Sure. Or, that really bothers you. <laughs> I can't stand it because you know why she's doing it. You know why she's doing it. You could, I'm sure everyone's like, oh, I can hear the fire in her voice now. <laughs> I can't stand it. You know why she's doing it. Yeah. yeah. And this is why I have pledged uh, <laughs> not, not to, not to say, uh, not to say a lot. This is why about anything going on with me personally, mm. because okay. I don't want that becoming part of my identity. Okay. And so she said, oh, I'm so, this husband of mine, I'm so lucky. <laughs> and I wrote a comment that I inevitably deleted a few seconds later. Oh, did I did. I wrote a comment and that said, you run a business and you, you couldn't go to Home Depot? Like you, you, did you not know how to put up a shelving unit before you got married? You know, I thought about that comment and <laughs> I'm not, I'm not sure that I could, um, at least not well. Like I, I could, I definitely put together shelves on my own before, mm -hmm. but I mean, did I do it? Well, probably not. But you could buy a unit. Sure. You could buy a unit and you know what else you can do? Talk to your super and throw them 20 bucks and say, Hey, can you drill this into my wall? And scene, you know, there are ways around it. <laughs> yeah. I, I just, to, you know, to be fair, I'm not sure that I could have done it. <laughs> but you understood the point that I was making, right? I, I do. And I did. I understand it. that I should be able to do it. I'm just not confident in my ability. Right. Because here's the thing. I bet any woman, if they really wanted to do something, could go and do it. If you sure. really wanted a shelving unit or a, a section or a place of shelves for your tea, yes. I bet I have faith in you. I, I could make it happen. It you just could make it, it happen. It wouldn't be as quick as, <laughs> as if someone with building experience did it. Right. So yeah. in any case, yeah. and still... I am happy for her. She seems overjoyed. She's happy. So you deleted it before the comment was seen. Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. That was a good move. Uh, yeah. Because I was wondering how that was going to pan out. Yeah. I think we all know how that would have played out. And I'm learning. I'm learning about TikTok, petty TikTok and messy TikTok. Let me tell you something. Holy balls. Hmm. It, yeah. I stumbled onto a weird one the other day that I. Yeah. It, it's a lot. It's a lot. There was one. It's just a lot of women calling out men. I don't. It, maybe it's just because it, it notices my my activity, so it doesn't show yeah. me men. It only shows me women. But a, in a lot of these, like that, and we'll talk about it when we do datology. But the woman who had a near meltdown because the guy made her pay one hundred and twenty dollars. Yeah. For the, like. The, she was very upset. 
she was very upset and we'll get into teaser 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 we're going to talk about that in datology but mm. in any case uh, i'm i'm start, starting to be very careful about my like my comments and because i just don't want to get into it i really i'm just too old for i'm fucking right. danny glover and legal weapon legal weapon <laughs> i am too old for this shit <laughs> i okay. need to be careful about my comments too because you know if i ever want a political career <laughs> Yeah, I need to figure out your TikTok uh, handle so that I can tag you in certain things so that we can eye roll together and text and not have and get it out and not have to put it out on there. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll find you after, after okay. the pod. <laughs> after the pod. So you didn't watch the Emmys? No, I didn't watch the Emmys. I uh, heard that they occurred via Zoom. Yeah. So that was, that was the thing. And everybody was talking about the outfits. So yeah, it just it made me wonder if we are going to are we going to is this how what we're going to do going forward because i i'd be okay with it oh I, that I, is not what i thought you were going to say i thought you were going to say are we headed toward a post emmy world which i i, it, I think we might be <laughs> i think I got I have to tell you I just didn't care. I just didn't care. And this is the this is my season. My friend Karen and I this is our season. I know. You this yeah. Our, you love the Emmys. I love the I love award season. Mhm. But mm -hmm. I feel like it's the same people over and over and over again with the exception I have to say this year Shit's Creek swept the comedy awards yeah. and, and I was I'm happy so about happy. that. Yeah. I really yeah. like Dan Levy. I love that whole cast. I love Catherine O'Hara. I just, yeah. I was if you so, haven't seen that show, you need to. It's a feel good show. And if for, for these dark times, oh I think God. it's, it's great. <laughs> it's it great. Dan Levy. I just, and I love the relationship between him and his father and it's just so supportive. And, you know, you can tell this is a kid who they didn't let him think they didn't let him get away with shit because his father was famous. Yeah, they didn't he, let him coast. He worked for everything he had. Yeah, I I would agree with that. I mean, at least according to what he's said. I, I'm yeah. not going to say, like, he didn't have certain advantages, but... Yeah, there's a, a lot of people have advantages, and then they don't do anything. He, right. he might have had a foot in the door, but he worked. Yeah. He worked hard. So I love that. But my favorite moment of the night... Now, Zendaya... One for best actress in a drama for Euphoria. Yeah, which is and she, very deserved. Now I haven't seen it, but this this Emmy win makes me want to see it. And of course, going into the awards, everybody Aniston, 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 and so she and Jimmy Kimmel, who hosted, you know, their buddy buddy, and so they have this little skit going on right before her category, and mm -hmm. so they. He's talking to she because she came on to announce with him on the stage at the Staples Center. And then within like an hour or so was her category. So she went back home and changed. And oh, she was in her pajamas and she's just so real, Sarah, so real. Uh -huh. And while he's talking, <laughs> she said, Oh no, you know, I'm just I'm just hanging out and who pops in from one side comes Courtney Cox, from uh -huh. the other side comes Lisa Kudrow. Right. Oh my God. Did you know she was in a show called Friends, Sarah? I had heard that. I had heard that. And mm -hmm. so oh, everyone was just buoyant and chatty and blah, 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 blah. And so they announced the nominees and Aniston loses. And they could not have shut her screen off faster. And that's like how yeah. cruel that industry is. It was so clear that everybody thought she was going to win. Yeah. And she didn't. And it went to Zendaya. And it was like Aniston didn't even... She didn't even consider that possibility. <laughs> right. Right. Um, so Well, she ought to because, I mean, I can't be the only one that's 100% over her. Can I? I, I, I'm, I am I'm absolutely, done. absolutely over her. I don't care. She, I mean, I she could win me over if she showed a little bit of range, but she never has. She's played the same role in every single thing she's ever been in. Friends is not funny. Come at me. It's not right. funny. It never has been. Um, and yeah, there's there's just not a single thing about her that is compelling or interesting. Yeah, and she and Brad Pitt participated in this. Okay. 
live read. Yeah, live read of Fast Times at Ridgemont. Yeah, right. So they they participated in this live read of Fast Times at Ridgemont High. I saw that. Yeah, the whole and friends cast did, didn't they? Wasn't it all of them? No, just her. Oh, just okay. her and. John Legend, and of course, when they introduce John Legend, who's standing behind him, but Chrissy Teigen, because she can't right. let him have a fucking moment. And so, mm-hmm. John well, Legend... famous for being married to John Legend. Well, no, <laughs> oh, she's another one. We'll go into that. We'll have to do a whole show about her. Matthew McConaughey, Shia okay. LaBeouf was playing Spicoli, and he was actually, like, completely stoned out of his mind. I was say, that probably went pretty well. And it, maybe he was, if he was stoned out of his mind, it, it did go well. It did go well. Actually, he was great in it. He was great. Everybody, Morgan Freeman was the narrator and whatever. So they well, pair, hold on, they pair Aniston and, and Brad Pitt, of course, uh-huh. and they do the live read of the scene. Did you ever see the movie? Yes. Okay, so they they do the live read of the scene where Brad is jerking off to Phoebe Cates, who to this day is stunning. To oh, this day. Great. Oh, She's married to Kevin Klein. I, I I love I love everything about that. Mm-hmm. So of course they do that live read where Brad Pitt, aka Brad in the movie, is jerking off to Phoebe Cates or Jennifer Aniston, aka Linda, whatever her name was in the movie. Mm-hmm. And so of course, what do you think took up the news the next day? Oh, did you see the way they looked at each other? And did you see the way they greeted each other? Hey, Aniston. Hey, Pitt, honey. How are you? Yeah. See, this is why I can't stand her, is that she hangs her hat on shit that should have ended decades ago. Yeah. That is her career now. And I know oh. everyone's going to oh, she's great in the morning show. I, you know what? Maybe she is. Uh, Maybe from she the little, is I don't know anyone that has seen it. I don't know anyone that has seen it. I, I know a lot of people who have watched Euphoria. <laughs> right. Right. Um. Which is why I, I kind of thought you were going to say, are we post Emmys? Because I feel like we're really at a stage now with media consumption that there are very few um, cultural touchstones that we all share. Right. I think I, Euphoria is one of them. I think that because of all of this, we are learning to get by without things like gyms and hairstylists and uh, what else? Like, house cleaners and yeah. we're, we're we're learning to get by without a lot of that stuff and we're seeing what things that we used to find so fascinating as so trivial right i mean we really are in this very deep dark dystopia right now <laughs> that that's the mood mm-hmm. that nobody gives a fuck what reese witherspoon is wearing on the red carpet i mean i don't i don't i also don't care i like i've never i just have never cared who jennifer aniston is dating i don't i don't care this is not an interesting person this is not this is not a person i'm ever gonna meet yeah i I just don't i just don't care uh so the emmys they were great blah blah i'm tired of jennifer aniston that's the that's the uh the gist of that i am too but i i wonder if that um is that an ageist response i wonder no, like to, to say that you're tired of a person because they've been around for years and they haven't ever brought anything new to the party. Is that is that deep down? No, ageist? is it? No, I think. Is it ageist? Is it ageist? OK, all right. OK, I'm willing to go I with you on this one. Be. Part of I mean, because part of my beef with her is like, A, you bring in nothing new to the party. You've had several years <laughs> to become interesting. And you haven't. So it's it's just, it's a matter of oversaturation and time, right? But also part of it, in my view, is like, can we give someone else a chance? I don't think that's... Like, I don't, you don't need to be playing women in their 30s. You don't need to be that lead anymore. Right. You don't need to be playing grandmas. Right. <laughs> like, I, I'm sympathetic to the fact that she's in a difficult place in her career, which only affects female actors. <laughs> right. Because she really, I mean, how old is she? Like 50? She's 50. Ish. Mm-hmm. So yeah, she's, I mean, she shouldn't be playing 30 year olds, but she also shouldn't be playing grandmothers either. She's well, she, really in that invisible space. Right. I, I, I think she's been able to navigate it though. My, 
my issue because she keeps playing the same fucking role she keeps keeps playing the same fucking role and her career her her whole persona her whole brand is is so heavily dependent on what man is in her life at the time yeah i don't know if i mean i don't know who designed that for her (laughs) her publicist yeah yeah she's she has one of the best publicists in the in the industry and so these people, so when she's talking in these interviews about how she can't stand, when people are talking about Jennifer, about the whole, you know, Angelina Jolie thing, I just might, I just roll my eyes so far back. I see brain because it's girl, you are the ones planning these stories. Like your team is, that's what kept yeah. her relevant. I mean, that's what I think for a very long time. So if anybody wanted to perpetuate that story, that narrative, it was her. She had to. Or at least her publicist. Or at least her publicist. And, you know, don't, I don't want to read your fucking essays in Huffington Post about why people are talking about whether or not you're going to have a baby. And because A, you didn't write it. And B, I I don't know why. I kind of feel like she just didn't want to have kids. That's just the read I have is she just didn't want to have kids. And I would have loved... She doesn't, right? She hasn't adopted or, or had kids at all. Right. Okay, and well, as far as we know, she's well, never been pregnant, but that doesn't mean she hasn't. Right. So yeah. it, all signs to me point to she just never wanted kids. And sure. I actually think that's why she and Pitt broke up. Because he desperately yeah. wanted a family. I mean, he was very public like, about that. Yes. So yeah. I, it would have been so great if she just said, I, I have no desire to have kids. Yeah. None. She's never said that? No. Interesting. So there's just something about her that I feel like it's very disingenuous. And no, I don't think it's misogynistic. I think because I love their people. Or ages. I I don't think it has anything to do with her age. I think it has everything to do with her choices. Her brand. It's more about her brand than anything else. I'm over it. I'm over it. (laughs) Okay. You sent me an article. Mm -hmm. Was it from Slate? Yes. And it brings up a topic that is something that that not so much I'm sensitive about, but it certainly is something that I have thought about. Do you want to... uh... Me too. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. Um, So this is... uh, This is kind of an old one. It just popped up again recently, though. It's from 2018. Uh, Dear Prudence, I'm estranged from my parents... But I tell people they're dead. (laughs) My childhood was very rough, and I spent it bouncing through foster care and various relatives. My parents were horrible. I was abandoned in a parking lot as a child, and my parents interfered with the one nice set of foster parents who wanted to adopt me because they were Jewish. I cut ties with them when I was 19 and haven't spoken to any of my blood relatives for a decade. I am doing well. I got an education, own my own car, and work as a bakery manager. My problem is that for years I have told people my parents are dead, including people who have become close friends. This was easier and quicker than dragging out my past and enduring repeated conversations about forgiveness and filial duty. Now Matt and I are dating after knowing each other for a few years. He thinks my parents are dead, but they actually live in Florida. Ah, Florida. (laughs) (laughs) Of course they do. He knows I had a rough childhood, but not how bad it was. I know I need to tell him, but I'm afraid it might change how he sees me. Matt Mm -hmm. is close with his family, and how do I do this the right way? Signed, not dead, just dead to me. But you know what? That's enough, I think. Yeah. You know, that's enough. You're not really lying. It's not that they're dead. They're dead to me. And I don't go, I I don't want to go into it. I just never want to go into it because... I just, you know, this is what I'm saying. She should say, yeah. I just don't want to go into it because honestly, I, I just don't want to go into it. It was an unpleasant experience. And I know that there's a stigma attached and I don't want the, I don't want all eyes on me wondering what did I do? Yeah. I'm, I agree with this. I think if you're not in touch with your family, um, inevitably people are going to want to know why. Mm-hmm. And I, I think most of that is just voyeurism, but there is definitely a level of like them wanting to verify that you're not the problem, which isn't fair. 
No, it's but not I think fair. That, that's the motivation. Um, and I, I don't know many people who, you know, who came out and said like, look, I know you have thought for many years that my parents are dead because I told you they were dead, but they're actually just dead to me. No one is going to be able to let that go and not ask follow-up questions or very few people Mm -hmm. anyway. So I, I think just leave it. (laughs) Yeah. Just leave it. it. Yeah. If you don't parent... ha- I don't have to tell them. Right. Just, if, if they show up on your doorstep one day and he's he turns to you and asks, what the hell? You can just say, well, they're dead to me. As surprised as that is. <laughs> right. They're dead to me. I don't have any relationship with them. They're dead to me. And that's all you have to say. Right. You know, but there is that, there is that stigma of not being close to your family. And that's something that I've always had to contend with because of not being close with my family. And I know, would you say same? (laughs) I am. Yeah. Yeah. It's, there's always that, okay, well, well, what happened? And I don't want to get into it. I really don't. I don't want to get into the, the sex abuse and the, I, you know, you didn't, and here I am getting into it, but you know, there was a lot and it's not as simple as, oh, we don't get along. Right. Oh, or we don't see eye to eye. Right. You know, when you have no relationship with your family, it something, it runs deep. The hurt Yeah, there's the, a reason. Yeah, the hurt and the pain. <laughs> and it's usually not one incident. Right. Or, or two or three incidents. It's right. usually like, you know, like in my case, I talked to both of my parents, but like, I don't, I'm not, I'm really not close with either of them Mm -hmm. because I, I don't really agree with either of their approaches to parenting. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I, I don't know if you felt this way too, but, um, when I was dating, I was nervous about revealing this about myself because you'd be judged for it. Well, I think there's an element of, um, kind of a knee jerk classist reaction. Ooh. Like, oh, you're not close with your family? Is it because you're trash? <laughs> uh, and I mean, sometimes maybe, but like, I don't, I don't think I'm trash. Right. I don't, I don't think that's um, it. I don't think that's why. Right. Um, I think it's just that I, you know, I, I don't really value the things that they've contributed to my life thus far. Right. And I choose to talk to them out of obligation. And that's pretty much it. Right. And that when um, the question comes up on a date, oh, so do you, you know, do you get back home? Do you get back home that much? Uh, now and then. Boom. Done. So what are you ordering? I, I don't. Right. I have seen people write on forums. I have this very complicated relationship with my family. And, you know, on, mm-hmm. on dates, people ask me if I'm close with my family and do I ever, <laughs> do I ever go home to see them? Do I, you know, do I interact with them? And I just, what do I tell people? You know, my parents died in a car accident. And so when people ask me about my parents, I mean, what do I say? And you can tell that there are certain people who are dying to tell this story. Right. right? Yeah. Yeah. But what do you say when it's complicated and you just, and, oh, are you close with your family? Eh, sort of. We're very different. I have always thought that that was a strange question anyway yeah and even stranger is the follow-up do you go home much right it's the it's the vetting question right because like as a as a person who um you know for for pretty much my entire adult life has not lived in the same state as my parents Mm -hmm. by design Mm -hmm. (laughs) i have fielded that question a number of times do you go home much and my my answer was usually like to ohio nah why (laughs) (laughs) nah Nah, I'm good here. <laughs> For why? I mean, <laughs> and that that usually addressed it. But um, if you if you made a lateral move, <laughs> that's not going to work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I do think um, acting bewildered and confused by the question often shuts it down. Like, am I close with them? I mean, I, I don't. I get. I don't know. I guess. Right. What do you mean? As close as I can be, I guess, with, you know, with me living here and them there. There's your perfect answer. Yeah. As close as I can be, you know, given the distance. 
Of course, they don't know we're talking about the emotional distance. (laughs) Oh, perfect. So devious in its ambiguity. Right? Although I will say, you know, my dad, he... All, he just always wanted me to come home and I would never come home. And right. my family was very toxic, so toxic at one point that I went to the hospital. because I, I remember this right, story. That's yeah. how toxic my family is. And to this day, they don't remember any of it. And he didn't under, it was just too painful. And this was something we learned in, in when I was going through my certification is when you experience any kind of intergenerational trauma, any kind of trauma, and it's with your family, not going home, it that's you're protecting yourself. It's not you being yeah. selfish. And of course, everyone always accused, oh, you're so selfish. And what about dad? And 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 it that did eat at me. You know, my father's mm. getting older and I don't really see him and what's gonna happen. So I always felt very, very uncomfortable and conflicted about not going home. He went he went in for a surgery. It was about uh, probably the year before he died. He went in for a surgery and it was, it, I think it was Legionnaire's disease. I think he was like, he really came close to dying and I didn't go home for the, for the surgery. And then yeah. I decided to surprise him. I took a 6 a.m. train home a couple days, the morning after he got home from the hospital, my sister picked me up and took me to the, took me to his, his condo and they snuck me in and my father was just sitting at the table and he just looked old and tired and frail Mm -hmm. and then he saw me and he broke down in tears oh right and that i i'm gonna cry you know i love my father to this day even though he failed me in certain ways but that it's such a it's so complicated and that's why I don't like to talk about this stuff with like a random stranger. Right. Like on a first or second date. On a first or second date, but really at all, you know, not so much at at all. I would really need to be in a place with somebody where I know, and they, they, they won't define me by this. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's a big part of it too. Yeah. So. Yeah. You don't want to be defined by it. Um, you don't want to be perceived as trash. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and, and also um, part of it may be too, um, at least this was the case for me. I knew that if, you know, if I progressed with uh, dating this person, in this case, my now husband, mm-hmm. if I progressed with dating this person, I wasn't going to be able to compartmentalize forever and I wanted to give him the opportunity to um, meet them and form his own opinions mm-hmm. because it's it's really not helpful to either of us yeah. if I inadvertently poison him against them by simply telling the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and I I get that that is a concern for others as well. Like yeah. you you really want to think about the details that you share. Mm-hmm. Because I shared ones that I thought were, like, pretty reasonable, and um, he's not a fan. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's not a fan. He can get along with them, mm-hmm. but, like, it's fake. <laughs> but that must feel really good to, ha- to have someone have your back about that. Uh, it does, because for so long, I thought that, like, I was the problem. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I, this is my perception. Mm-hmm. I'm... I'm acting like a victim and I'm not, or, you know, whatever. Um, so yeah, it does, it does feel good to have, um, those things legitimized. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One thing to people who are, whose family tries to guilt them into going to family events or come home for a holiday, if, if it causes you any kind of distress you are under no obligation to go home just because it's your family. Right. Understand? And I don't even think you have to explain your absence either. Right. 
just understand right? that. I think so many people get guilted into going into these situations mm-hmm. that cause them extreme, not just emotional pain, physical illness. Yeah. Ask me about my wedding day. Oh, God, how awful. <laughs> you know, so don't ever feel like you have to go home because it's your family. Don't ever, ever, ever feel like you have to do that. Put yourself first in that situation because it's just, it's too unhealthy. Yeah. And, and you're an adult. You don't owe them. You don't. You don't. And you don't owe them an explanation. They know what they did. Right. And if they wanted to, they wanted a relationship with you, they shouldn't have been douchebags. There you go. There you go. All right. Um, dun, 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 so I think dun, we dun, landed dun. on never tell Matt. <laughs> never to tell Matt. Don't tell Matt. If they show up at your door, say, who's this? I don't know you. Oh, I don't shit, know her. I'm as surprised as you are. I, don't, yeah. I, don't I thought her, they were dead. Right? I don't know her. <laughs> All right. We're going to do the dun, 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 dun. the sex in the city. Okay, so Kim Cattrall is in a new series on Fox. And by the by, it's awful. I'll just say that because I watched it last week. Uh, What's it it called? Filthy Rich on Fox. Mm -hmm. It airs tonight on Mondays, 8 p.m. And so, of course, she's doing the press junkets for the show. And she really, I have to say, she's very, very good at press. She does she does great press. And uh, also doing the press junket right now is Cynthia Nixon. Be- you don't say. You don't say because she's uh, advertise- She's doing press for Ratchet. Oh, on Ratchet. Ratchet right? on Netflix. Yeah, different thing. Where, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> different show. <laughs> Uh, in any case, that's about the character Nurse Ratchet from One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, played by Sarah Paulson, who uh, right up there with Aniston. Boy, am I sick of her too! And it's being destroyed in the reviews. Oh, people don't like it. It's te- apparently it's terrible, but it's Ryan Murphy, and Ryan Murphy does what he always does, which is jam his casts with, yeah, ex- with ex- you know extraneous characters, and then the story becomes very weak. So. Yeah. So Cynthia Nixon's doing press and Kim Cattrall's doing press. And of course, Cynthia Nixon was asked about the Kim Cattrall, hmm. Sarah Jessica Parker feud. F- feud. <laughs> and, uh-huh. and Kim Cattrall was asked about it too. And she had the perfect response. She said, I, I, I urge, I encourage you to Google that. <laughs> yeah. It's all online. It's all <laughs> online. So what's her name? Cynthia Nixon was asked, you know, they're all downplaying it. I kind of love the fact that Kim Cattrall's like, no, I hated that bitch. Yeah. <laughs> and everybody else is like, no, we were family. And, you know, like every, just like with every family, not everybody gets along all the time. And Kim Cattrall's like, right. I don't know her. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> she has no patience for it. But they were talking to Cynthia Nixon about recasting the role of Samantha. I thought that was odd. First of all, let me stop you right there. Asking, who's asking for this? Who's asking for more sex in the city? Nobody. Nobody. Nobody wants this. And not only does nobody want this, people actively do not want this. Right. It's 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 an antiquated dated show at this point. And uh-huh. I don't feel it's very feminist. Or is I mean there's nowhere there's no way right. for the characters right. to go. The problem I had with that, point. the problem I had with it it's is done. that all of the characters characters had an arc. They started in one place, they ended in another, whereas Carrie stayed exactly the same. Yes. <laughs> Carrie did not change ever. Uh, yeah, big change. Did he, though? Right, right, right. No. So, no. <laughs> I mean, he changed in that he married her. Whatever. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. Uh, and so they were talking about recasting Samantha, and I don't know if they were talking about recasting the character entirely or just putting in a new fourth person. I don't think you. That's my understanding of it. Is the latter like they're they're going to have it be the same character, but just a that just never a works. Body. Did people never no. see the Fresh Prince? <laughs> no. 
Aunt Viv. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's one of many reasons to actively not want sex in the city. Right. It's just, it won't three. work. You cannot change that brand. You can't no. do it. However, the only way I might be a little, because sex in the city was just like friends in that it rarely had black people. Uh, yeah, pretty much not until Jennifer Hudson was in the first film, right? No, Blair Underwood, remember? Oh, yeah, he was Blair the, Underwood, okay, yeah. Who is, again, another one, never ages. He's gorgeous. Well, that is true. That is true. Uh, and there was what one, you're doing, Blair. Right, there we was like one, episode, one episode where Samantha dates a black man and his okay. sister right. did not like oh, it. Oh, that's right, yeah. That was yeah, it. That was it. That was it. <laughs> yeah. One episode. Yeah, it's kind of then, like girls in that way. Right. Yeah. Do you ever know? Yeah. All these shows, it's just all white women. It's weird so, how New York is just full of white people. <laughs> just and only white people, apparently. People. But now, who could you see? And they say, well, Cynthia Nixon said, well, I think it would be amazing if we cast a woman of color. She did say that. Mm-hmm. Now, the first person that pops into my head, not that she would ever do it because she's so above it, but Viola Davis. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, or, yeah. or, 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 you know who I like? Octavia Spencer. Okay. Okay. You know, a, a woman who isn't like a conventionally thin, like really talented. She's extremely talented, Octavia mm-hmm. Spencer. She is. I. She's the right age range. Let's true. switch it up a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I just don't want the movie to happen. <laughs> I don't want the movie to happen either. What I had heard, um, or who I had heard was being floated was, uh, what's her name from Basic Instinct? Sharon Stone? That's what I heard. She's in Ratched. She's okay. in Ratched, too. Okay. Yeah. I feel like that's another one who just, she just didn't do enough good stuff for me to care about her. I mean, sure. I mean, <laughs> yeah. sure. Yeah, so. that's that's fair. <laughs> right. I think she's a logical successor if you need to if you need to replace uh Kim Cattrall and you want it to be uh like if you don't want it to be a noticeable change, that's the way to do it. Right. But how old would would Samantha be now? Would she be in her 60s? I guess. Yeah, cuz she was a little bit older than everyone than else, girls. right? Yeah, so. girls. Mm. I don't know. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Don't yeah, do it. Do we don't really need to. Do it. Yeah, it's it's over. Let's just leave it in the annals of history. Mm-hmm. Any final thoughts, Sarah? Have the school call their dad. Have the school call their dad. Okay. <laughs> All right. Follow us on Womenology Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Mostly just Instagram. I don't think anybody really uses Twitter anymore other than to bitch about politics. That's pretty much it. That's, That's it. All Go I to date all. Go to Datology Coach, join the mailing list, read the blog post, send us a letter. We're about to record Datology now, and we've got a couple of doozies. We've got a couple of doozies. So thank you guys for tuning in, and we will talk to you soon. Goodbye. Bye.